So, you've told me a little bit about yourself, but Sean, who are you? Really? Seriously? I'm an imperfect man called to serve a perfect God. That's it. Because even with men alone, sometimes we don't want to share amongst ourselves, amongst other men, because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to be ridiculed. We want to be found less of a man. So this platform is where men can listen, share and be understood and go, you know what, man, you know, I'm glad you said that. That was me. I was I was just there yesterday. I was um, very, um, if you want to call it angry, I was angry. I was upset, pretty despondent, and um, but still trying to hold it together. Because after all, we men were told to hold it together. Do not show any emotion. Hold it together. Be strong. Don't be a punk. Hold it together. Somebody's counting on you. Hold it together. But my question is, when you're going through, who do we men go to? Who can we talk to? Because a lot of times we don't talk to people because we're, we're in fear of how we are perceived, how we're felt, how things are taken when we try to share our hearts. Because the last thing we want to be told is, as we're sharing is, you're weak. You're a punk. Yeah. That was tough. Because I knew that there were people around. And sometimes... You know, they would want to talk, but because of a hardened heart, sometimes when you have a hardened heart, you refuse to listen or you ignore phone calls because you have a hardened heart because you don't want to hear it. <laughs> How can I make up for the loss? Yeah. Yeah. How can I make up for my losses. How can I make up for my inadequacies? Sometimes it's through shopping. It's through gambling. Um, sometimes it's through sex addiction, addiction. Sometimes it's through lust. Sometimes it's through uh, materialistic possessions. And we always find reasons or ways to make up for our losses in life through some of these different avenues. And you go through these problems you have to go through these circumstances and one of the things that I thought was good on my end was my relationship with my children and as much as I can say oh yeah everything was good everything was cool everything was copacetic I found out later on that it wasn't as good as I thought it was and it was tough um, to find that out after I thought Everything was fine. I didn't realize the ripple, the cause and effect based upon my decision or actions. You know, we we think that it's not such a big deal when we do some of the things that we do. But we then don't realize the ripple effect. We only focus on the splash, but we don't think about the ripple effect and how it affects those that love us, those that care for us, maybe even some of the friendships that you've built through, uh, through the years. But more importantly for me, it was my children, all four of them. And in my mind, I thought everything's good. 
You know, I'm not going nowhere. They're not going anywhere. But I left. I mean, yeah, most of them, other than two of them, the other two were grown, completely grown and doing their own thing, living how they want to live. But two, the two younger ones affected as well. And the sad part about it is in that uh, being infectious in the wrong way is it becomes a point of where not only does it affect the person, it affects how they think. A person told me recently uh, when speaking to them how they um, viewed me and how they viewed me. They said this to me. Yeah, I'm going to share it. They said this. They said, I viewed you as a second father. I viewed you as not just like a big brother, but a second father. I viewed you as someone that I can always come and talk to you about anything and ask anything and know that I'm going to get a good answer. Something that's going to cause me to think something that's going to cause me to, um, reconsider something that's going to cause me to chew on it a little while in a nutshell, but how I view you now, I don't trust you. Um, and in order, it's going to take some time for me to get that trust back. It's going to take some time for me to learn how to trust you again, to learn how to appreciate you again, to learn how to um, cherish you the way I cherished you before. And truthfully, that hurt me to my core. But at the end of the day, I made that decision. I made the decision. I made the decision to go. I made the decision to walk. And there's a ripple effect. There's a cause and effect with every choice that you make. And a lot of times we don't think about the cause and effect. We don't think about the people that it affects when we make uh, choices and our, that we think only affect us. Because there's many choices that affect a lot of people. And throughout time, I was trying to figure out how can I get back my children? How can I get back that relationship? And I struggled with it. I really struggled with it. And then every time I would go see him or pick him up, you know, he's had a a conversation with their mom, you know, and she would always tell me, um, God's not done with you yet, or God's not done with us or God's not whatever. And, you know, you need to figure this thing out and you need to walk this out with them and whatever, because they feel a certain kind of way. And to be honest with you, because of where I was in my mind, not, not in my placeholder of where I was location wise, but in my mind, I always thought that some of the things that I was hearing from her was stuff that she was putting in their mind, in my children's mind. And so I would begin start holding her accountable to placing negative seeds 
you know, like sowing seeds of discord. That's what I was thinking. That's where I was. And it was only until I heard it from the horse's mouth, as they say, when I started hearing it from my children, how they really felt. And I mean, for me, I have always been one of those type of guys that I might not have had the best job, might not have had the best education, might not have had the nicest car, might not have had the nicest home and anything. But if I died today, at least they would put on my tombstone. But he was an excellent father. And when I heard them say what they said, I felt that I even failed at being an excellent father. That hurt me to my core because there's nothing I wanted to do more but at least be an excellent father to my children. That hurt me to my core. And while in my new relationship, I'm trying to figure out how can I make up for being a poor father in their eyes? How can I go from being a poor father to an excellent father? And I'm really trying to figure this thing out. But while I'm trying to figure that out and do the things that I'm doing and need to do at home, I'm now also struggling with my spiritual man because now my spiritual man is also grieved and vexed in a lot of different areas. So then it was like, I have my current relationship. I'm asking the Lord about, I have my children relationship that I'm asking God about. And then I have their mom that I feel is sowing me seeds of discord that I'm asking God about only to find out, you know, the discord is false. So I'm like, okay, so what about these other two avenues? And I'm asking God to show me the, if you want to call it the error of my ways, (laughs) Let's just be honest. I'm asking him to show me the error of our maze. And you have to be very, very careful when you ask him to show you, because when he shows you the error of your ways, he does not give you a window. He gives you a mirror in full blown 4K, the error of your ways. But. He said nothing. Okay, so I'm God, I'm praying. Are you silencing me? Are you being silent to me? Um, did I miss it? Um, I'm trying to pray about these situations. I mean, am I getting nothing? Am I missing it? And I'm really trying to figure out this piece. I'm struggling with this piece. So then I stop praying about the external situations. And I really get into asking God about me. (laughs) It's amazing how we will pray for the car, the bill, the home, the job the child, the mother, the father, the relationship, the husband, the wife, 
but it's amazing how fast he answers when you start asking him about you. <laughs> Man. I began asking him about me. And this goes back to what I said. I mean, he pulled a mirror up in 4K and began showing me me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I didn't like what I saw. But the one thing after he showed it to me, he began to speak. And this is exactly what he said. You need to fix what you broke. And I was like, what? After that, it was it. It was like the phone hung up after that. You need to fix what you broke. So now I'm praying for to God for understanding of what that meant. Because sometimes, you know, we will sit around and, well, I wait for God to confirm his word. I'll, you know, out of the mouths of two or three, let every word be a step. We, we look at all these different ways of trying to interpret his word. But when he said you need to fix what you broke. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm just going to talk like only I know how. I begin looking at every area of my life of things I broke. Whether I broke relationships, whether I broke trust, I broke somebody's stuff, I broke into somebody's account. I don't know. I just started thinking about anything that I broke. No matter how old it was, because I did not know what that meant. You need to fix what you broke. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. Because I'm asking him about me. Not just me, but me relationship, you know, this vertical relationship, not the horizontal relationship, not the diagonal relationship. But I began to ask him about the vertical relationship, his relationship to me, my relationship to him. And he said to me, you need to fix what you broke. So I started going over the course of my life, going all the way back to my childhood years, trying to understand through a microscope, looking at things I broke throughout time. Yeah, I, I, I did because I didn't want to leave no stone unturned. I want to think about everything that I ever broke. I, I broke some trust. I've uh, broken things. I've broken relationships. I've broken good habits. Um, I've broken cars. I've broken stuff that didn't belong to me. And I just began to just figure out what is this thing? And I mean, he was silent after that. I mean, it was as if um, I went through a dead spot. Like all of a sudden I had great signal to all of a sudden now I'm on an island with no coverage. I mean, just like that. And I'm trying to figure out what I break. So that went on for some time and I still didn't know what I broke. Not exactly. 
Oh, I had some ideas. I had a whole lot of ideas because I had a whole list full of things that I had breaking throughout time from the recent to some stuff that was old. I had a whole list of things I've broken. Broken promises, broken dreams, a whole lot of stuff that I've broken. What a break. And then he decided to reestablish my connection, if you want to call it that. And then he said to me, you know what you've broken. You need to reestablish your relationship with your children. I'm like, okay, yeah. And mean, meantime, between time, I had been working on that. So I said, okay, got it. Got it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But what else? What did I break? I mean, okay. You're talking about reestablishing a relationship with your children. I got it. I got that covered. I'm working on that. I love my children. I love them. I don't ever want to turn my back on them. I don't want to ever, didn't want them to feel as though they were left alone or left by themselves or feel that they're devalued in any such a way. I don't ever want them to feel that uh, that they're on their own and they have to figure it out with their dad because anything attached to them later on is a reflection of me. I didn't want to do anything wrong. So I'm, I was I said, Lord, I, I, I got that. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. You know, I, I'm working on that. And then dead again, dead again. And I'm still doing my relationship thing. I'm still talking and trying to establish time with my children. And I'm still just trying to figure it all out. And I'm like, Lord, this surely can it be it because um I'm still not where I want to be with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said that. I'm in the middle of all that. I'm still asking him about my relationship with him. And again, like I said, it's dead silence. And in the midst of dead silence, um, sometimes you go through that and you feel like sometimes you're lost when you're going through dead silence, when the phone doesn't ring, when your cell phone doesn't ring, you you don't get any responses. You're not hearing from anybody. When you try to call someone, no one answers. And even when you leave a a voice message, even when you leave a text and everything's dead, sometimes you have to understand that that is the perfect opportunity for God to have you where he wants you. So that way, the only thing you can do is rely upon him. Well, for me, in my regard, I was like, why Am I being left alone? Why are you not speaking to me? Because again, 
I never want the Lord to depart from me. That's a bad place to be in. And on top of that, I never want to be in a position to where I didn't even realize that God left. <laughs> Man. So I'm asking, continue again. It's quiet, it's quiet, it's quiet. And then the Lord decides to drop a bomb on me. And he says to me this. You can either choose me or your relationship, but you can't have both. <laughs> um, I'm quiet right now because even when I think about that at the time, I'm just going to be honest with you. I went my Bible when I pulled up every little scripture to try to contradict what I just heard. God is not the author of confusion and all these other different things. I'm like, there is no way that is what I heard. And it got quiet once again. So mind you, I'm going through these seasons of he's speaking quiet. Allow me some time to digest some things and do something about it. Then he speaks, you know, so you're seeing this pattern. And then he literally hangs up the phone again. But mind you, right before I was getting anything, there was a time of all this quietness when, like I said before, that I was asking him to speak to me, ask him to show me some things, asking him for direction. And again, like I said, it was silent. Well, come to find out everything that I've just told you. I found out later on through the dispensation of time forward that another individual was given the message to deliver to me in my quiet time. To what I'm telling you now, they were told to deliver to me when I was waiting. And they didn't do it. But thanks be to God, after the quiet, he, God delivered it to me personally. So I'm in this, this bewildered moment because like I said, I'm, there's no way God just said this thing. There's no way. Quietness. And I'm in this. I didn't just hear that. <clears throat> so the next thing. As I'm asking him to confirm his word confirm what you just said he dropped the last bomb and said this what you originally broke was the thing I ordained that you broke what you're in now I didn't ordain 
you allowed it. So you have a choice to make. Your relationship with me or your relationship with her. And I will be truthful with you. What the H-E double hockey sticks did I just hear, which is which was where my mind was. Excuse me, because. Um, since you're not the author of confusion. Why am I so confused? Why do I feel the way I feel about what you just dropped? Because. I don't understand it. I'm thinking about once again, fallout. I'm thinking about once again, failure. I'm thinking about once again, walking. I'm thinking, what does this do to a current situation that you did previously? And I'm struggling with it because I'm still examining if it was really all in my head. Nah, I am. And it took some time to really try to process it, to understand, um, what God is really calling me to do. Um, and in this period of time, I had to have a conversation. And one of the things that God was really just telling me with number one was my children. That's what I knew, which was the, the thing I could really talk about. And um, I was really struggling with it. I really was struggling because um, currently there are other people involved too and I'm struggling with it, right? And I'm really trying to figure out this thing that I'm being asked to do that is so possible but in my finite mind seems impossible and I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, it's not hard to understand, but to understand the mind of God sometimes in his purpose causes you to think because Lord, what is your purpose? And, um, I'm really trying to, uh, understand his purpose. His will for my life. And he gave me this podcast because it was dealing with men, because a lot of times we do things without talking to people, without understanding, without comprehension, without thinking, without all these different things. And we just we just struggle with it. And uh, I was really struggling. 
So when it came down to some last bits, it got to the point to where I really had to um, make the decision that God's called me to make. And in that decision, it was a struggle. Even talking now, it brings back the moment. It brings back the previous moments. It brings back pains. It brings back agony. And because, again, there are certain things that bring about remembrances and sometimes the remembrances aren't always in the best fashion. So then the next thing the Lord begins to tell me is and this was his last audible his last audible during this time. He says, leave now. Leave now. And I grabbed whatever I can grab that belonged to me, my clothes, my shoes, my things from my garage. Um, ordered a U-Haul. I packed it up myself. So then, while doing that, I'm thinking and asking the Lord, what about my car? My car is loaded down with stuff. What about my truck? My truck's loaded down with stuff. And the only people I could think of to calling to help me was the very ones that I hurt, my children. I called my children. I said, I'm at a place. My car is at the U-Haul facility. And I can't drive it. I need somebody to come get it. One of my children came from where they were. They picked up my car. I need somebody to come get my truck. One of my children came and picked, picked up my truck. And drove it away. So then now I'm leaving with the U-Haul. So I'm in the U-Haul. Get ready to leave the driveway. To never return. And it was in that moment. That everything I ever did. Wrong. Came to a head. And I mean, literally, I was so messed up. I was messed up in my mind, messed up in my heart. And I mean, I was literally, 
I I was boohoo crying. That's not coming out of my nose. I, it was it was a bad situation. And on top of this, it was storming and raining. There was a huge th- thunderstorm going on and all this stuff as I'm driving away. And I called my parents. And I'm boohooing and crying on the phone as I'm driving away. And I'm just trying to talk to him and this and that. I was in, I was, like I said, I was in a, I was in a bad space because what was compounded to what is going on at this moment, um, it was like it just blew up in my face. And I mean, I was so hurt because everything that is going on now was something that I previously did in the past, and I never dealt with the pain of it all. And I mean, literally that pain literally slapped me in the face because I'm going through of trusting God in one aspect, but feeling inadequate in another area, feeling trusting God in one aspect, pain in another aspect, trusting God in one aspect and feeling like this is my last moment in another aspect. And I was conflicted. I was really conflicted. Knowing that what God is calling to me was right. But the pain and the agony that I had to go through to get to that point was what was required. And um, and sometimes we want the promise, but we don't want the pain to go with the promise. And um, I struggled with it. I struggled with it bad. And um, I called my parents and of course, they're trying to get me just to drive down to San Diego, which was not going to happen. You know, just bring the U-Haul down that way. So I said, I can't do that and whatever. But I, I talked to them all the way pretty much on the phone till I finally got to the point to where I parked the U-Haul. Next thing you know, my sister's calling me and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because I was, I was really, really messed up. I, my mind was jacked up. I was in so much pain. I'm sobbing and crying. I mean, literally, if I could have pulled over and sat on the side of the road in the rain in fetal position, I would have really done that because that's where I was. And sometimes we men, um, we find ourselves, we don't talk about it, but there are sometimes that situations and different things and circumstances and decisions that we make cause us to want to be in this fetal position or we go into the closet and scream or we're crying in the shower where nobody can see us. And we go through these different things and we wish that someone was there to not talk about us, but hold us in that moment, encourage us in that moment, cry with us in that moment. I mean, um, yeah, I'm going to try to hold it together. Um, So I struggled in that moment. I really did struggle. And my sister said that wherever you're at, I'm coming to get you, meet me at such and such. So I parked my U-Haul, hopped in my car, you know, my kids parked my car, knew where it was. And I got to my car and I began driving south. Um, I, um, meet her at a place and park my car there and she drives me to San Diego because also in that moment um, because I know what God had called me to do especially dealing with my children um, 
as a father, and I'm, I hope these, you that are fathers that are listening to this, um, I knew that God had called me to restore my relationship with my children. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I knew that. But how do you restore a relationship with your children when you're empty? That's um, it's a tough deal. That's where I was. I was literally empty. So I was really going down south to talk to my dad because I needed my dad to fill me up. I really needed my dad to tell me that I'm worth it. I needed my dad to tell me that I am valuable. I needed my dad to tell me that I'm a good man. I have a good heart. Because I knew that when I see my children, I'm going to have to fill them up. And I can't fill them up if I'm empty. And I struggled that I really needed to um, hear his heart. So I stayed with them that night. I think we talked till maybe three, four o'clock in the morning. I just need to be in the presence of my pop, my father, my dad. And I really couldn't say a whole lot to them. Because truthfully, I was really trying to walk this thing out with God. Because it was it was a personal thing. And I didn't think they would understand completely. So, um, my mom, love my mom. She drove me back to my sister's house and just so happened my niece took my car and drove it back to her house and I picked it up there because I had a U-Haul to unload by a certain time and deliver by a certain time. So I got my car and went to where my U-Haul was and unloaded it. And while the whole time I'm going through my situation and my my kids are here there here and there I didn't know well I heard I understood to a point that my children's mom the whole time had been standing for her marriage even after I left wouldn't date wouldn't see anybody 
because the Lord told her to stand. And at the appropriate time, her husband would be coming home. So that day of unpacking, I unpacked the U-Haul. And I came home, but I came home completely different. I came home uncertain. I came home empty. I came home full in one aspect, but it was empty in another. I came home humbled. <laughs> I came home unworthy. I came home. I just came home because I was told to. And the last thing I ever wanted to be is disobedient. Because <laughs> I knew there was something on my life. I've always known it. But I didn't want that removed from me and then put on someone else because of my lack of obedience. And next thing you know, COVID set in. So with COVID, many people have struggled with COVID. Many people couldn't stand COVID. Many people have lost their lives with COVID. Lost their jobs with COVID. Lost family members with COVID. Loved ones. Homes, cars, material possessions. But for me, COVID was restoration. Um, all nine of us were in one house during COVID. All nine. Um... My grandchildren and my children. All during COVID. There's Bible class every week. Family Bible study. There's family discussions every week. And then a personal Bible study with their mom. Every week throughout COVID. And God was just really doing something, doing the miraculous. And um, has it been easy? No. Because it took sacrifice. It took me listening. took everything within me to do it without understanding. And I think many times we're like ways, we're like Google Maps, we're like Sajic Maps where we see the destination, but we want to see the route to get there before we decide to step out. 
And many times, if you've listened to any of my podcasts or here on YouTube, you know that I'm learning to step without seeing the path, to step without um, knowing what's next, but just to trust God and things. And we have solidified and completely restored our marriage. The children are doing well. Our relationships have blossomed like never before. And um, I'm humbled. I'm honored. And for those of you that are going through it, have gone through it, or maybe you're in the midst of things, maybe you're battling a, a troubled marriage. You're battling an issue with your wife, an issue with your husband. All I'm going to say to you is communication is key. Find someone that you can trust, that you can talk to. Humbly, someone who will listen to your heart and not trample on it. That when you speak to them, it doesn't end up in the airways. Find someone who's willing to build you. Find someone who's willing to lift you up. Find someone who's there to encourage you. Find someone who has your best, your best interest at heart. Not theirs, but your best interest at heart. Someone who will pray with you. Someone who will guide you. Because when you do it that way, God has a way of fixing things in your life. So when you hear the podcast and I'm talking about men and I'm catering to men, I'm catering to men of all walks of life, of all faiths, regardless of where you come from, because my job is just to meet you where you are. Because, again, I'm just a humbled man. I'm just a vessel, I'm just a tool that God uses to encourage you, to help build you up, let you know at the end of the day you're worth it. When, if somebody doesn't tell you that you're not worth it, young man, young woman, I'm here to let you know you're worth it. And I know many people are leaving relationships like wildfire. I see it every single day. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, relationships where there is um, fist fighting and and all that that's going on and um uh, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where just people just, they give up because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go get, they don't want to do their work. They don't want to work on it. They don't want to listen to anybody and they're just ready to walk away. The grass is not greener on the other side. You find out if you water your grass, if you mow it, cut it, prune it, if you throw some seed on it, take care of it. It'll come back. If you look at many lawns, it goes through seasons of time where there's not always green at its greenest. There are many seasons where you, it looks like there are dead spots. It looks like that there are things that messes up the coloration of the grass. I'm here to let you know it can come back if you work at it. 
Even brand new grass, even when you lay brand new sod, it looks great for a while, but then it goes through its season too. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. Talk with somebody. Sit in front of other successful couples who have gone through some different things in life who are willing to tell you their ups and downs so you can understand their successes. It's one thing to see, to see the successes of other couples, to see successes of a successful marriage, but it's another thing to see what they went through to get there. Anyone who's become successful now, whether in business, in relationships, in entrepreneurship, in finance, has had to go through something. There was a some type of sacrifice they had to make in order to get to where they are. And there are sacrifices that we're all going to have to make. And there's a time when you're really going to have to make those. And all I'm saying to you is that time is going to happen. The question is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to make the sacrifice? There is an ROI, a return on your investment, but you have to invest. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned for another edition of the I'm Dealing With broadcast. As always, be blessed.